AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Welcome in to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. It is Wednesday. It is December 6th. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today as we're doing Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday this week. We'll take your phone calls today, 1130 and 1215, 602 260 1060 is the number if you'd like to chime in, 602 260 1060. Let's set the scene though with today's poll questions and we'll get things started with the KDOS1060.com poll question in regards to the NFL. Who is the NFL MVP through 13 weeks? And right now, Brock Purdy leading the way at 54% of the vote. Then we have a tie between Tyreek Hill and Dak Prescott uh, at 23% each. Yeah, and I already got one little text message from a friend wondering why Jalen Hurts isn't in this thing. But uh, I didn't exactly take the top three you know, candidates according to the odds makers and so forth. I just took the two quarterbacks who I thought were – the more obvious choices at this point, and also Tyreek Hill, who right now is on pace to have more yards per game on an average for a receiver than anybody in history. That he is. We'll officially answer this question today around 1230, so plenty of time for you to cast your vote. Or if you'd like to voice your opinion, you can, 602-260-1060. Over on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060, should Caleb Williams still be the first overall pick of the 2024 NFL Draft? And this has seen a shift from the sports zone. No is now leading the way at 53.8% of the vote. Yes is trailing at 46.2%. Yeah, I saw, I don't look at too many mock drafts, quite frankly, in uh, months before the draft actually hits, but I did see one uh, from The Athletic or earlier in the last, well, I think it was actually last week, but recently, uh, which uh, you know, Williams was not number one on that list, so that kind of got my attention. Uh, he obviously did not have as an impressive season in his you know, last year at USC, but uh, there weren't too many quarterbacks other than like Joe Burrow in the last X number of years that have had the impressive season that Williams had two years ago when he did win the Heisman. And plus, you know, I think the, the situation at USC was even worse last year for everybody because they were seemingly always chasing points as opposed to two seasons ago when they were, you know, occasionally or a little, maybe a little more than occasionally chasing points, but they were behind far more last this past year than they were the year before. We will officially answer that question as well around 1230 today. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, they are out of the in-season tournament. We'll dive into uh, the Phoenix Suns 
pretty heavy in our number two. But first, let's get things started here with the Arizona Cardinals. They are on a bye this week, coming off of a win against the Steelers. Fascinating, Bob, that you noted in the sports zone that you were listening to some uh, Pittsburgh radio earlier this week, and they view this loss as the worst loss in the Mike Tomlin 17-year uh, history. That's uh, some pretty... yeah. Yeah, that, a that's a pretty it's aggressive a, it's, it's phrase. A, yeah, it, it's in the running. I mean, they, they they threw out a couple of more games too, but that was part of the discussion. Uh, so a couple of takeaways, though, from head coach Jonathan Gannon from Monday here. And uh, this kind of got me started on something that I was talking with a friend on after the game on Sunday in regards to James Conner and plenty of conversations that you and I have had about James Conner here. So some questions and thoughts from Gannon about Conner. Uh, you know, he says here, I was probably juiced up to give James the game ball. I thought he played outstanding. Every game is the same, but some kind of burn a little deep so I was probably excited for him in addition to that the question was could you feel the team rally around James because of him returning home home of course being uh his time at University of Pitt as well as uh being a Steeler and Gannon says here I wouldn't say that they really uh, excuse me, they rally behind him all the time because of how he prepares and practices and the teammate that he is. So that's why he's a captain. So I've talked about that. I thought they were happy for him too. And so I wanted to stop here and have a conversation about James Conner. We have noted numerous times that he is likely the Cardinals' best player, if not certainly the top three, top five best player on this team. And when you look at him, he's 28 years old. This season, he's played in nine games, 129 carries, 631 yards, four touchdowns. According to NFL Next Gen stats, rush yards over expected per attempt – really good at 0.73 so when he's been healthy he's been running the ball really well well when he's been healthy is unfortunately been the case of his career he's yet to play a full season in the nfl whether it was pittsburgh or here obviously now he had the extra game and he's already missed four games this year when he was on ir with the uh, knee injury that he suffered earlier in the year um, you know, I don't think you want to necessarily give him 25 carries every game, but I do think it was merited, not because it was his return for Pitts, to Pittsburgh on Sunday, but because you know, he was doing well on the offensive line, as we've mentioned, uh, is not particularly good in pass blocking when they're chasing points. In fact, they're bad in pass blocking when they're chasing points, but they definitely done a good job running, uh, running the ball when they've been ahead in protecting leads. And uh, so I have no problem with that. Also, I think that it'd be. I'm curious to see how much Carter, who's been here for what two weeks, uh, gets the opportunity to you know, be kind of like the number two running back because you know I think he's clearly better than DeMarcado is. Uh, so I wanted to also then kind of look at James Conner and what he's done with his time with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, if you look at what he did in 2022, he played in 13 games, 183 carries, 782 yards, seven touchdowns. In 2021, it was 15 games for 202 carries, 752 yards, and 15 touchdowns. He has been, uh, prior to this year, a touchdown scoring machine. Now, the thing that my friend and I were discussing on Sunday, and I kind of wanted to bring that conversation here is 
what do we what do we do in the big picture with James Conner? We have identified that as he is right now on this roster, he's uh, a top player for the Cardinals. He's sitting at 28 years old. He has one year left on his contract. So if he's on the roster in 2024, he does get a $1.5 million bonus the fifth day of the league year. There happens to just be so many areas of need on this roster that I think probably take precedent over filling a running back position here. So do you let him, you know, play out this contract? But also, if you're James Conner, do you want to play out your contract? Uh, If you were to let him go and release him, it would be a $3 million dead cap hit if released. That's not much as far as $3 million for next year. And, you know, I assume the cap's going to continue to go up. And we had that obvious period where during the COVID time it went down as far as uh, the cap you know, per team and so forth. So I'm guessing it's going to continue to increase. Um, I would have a rough time as much as I like him. And, you know, I liked him before they signed him here. And uh, one of the reasons that he didn't go back to uh, the Steelers or the Steelers, you know, I don't know how interested they were, but – you know, durability, uh, as we mentioned, and you just mentioned it was, you know, 13 games before, uh, you know, he has not played a full season in his NFL career uh, due to various injuries. And, uh, you know, gets old as you get older, I'm guessing it's unlikely, not impossible, but unlikely that that's going to get better. Uh, so as much as I like him, uh, there's other areas that this team, like pretty much everywhere, quite frankly, uh, with the exception of safety on defense, that this team needs to upgrade. And whether Connor's here or not next year, I don't think anybody in their right mind actually believes that uh, this is going to be an above-average football team next season. Uh, you know, the one thing that has always been really impressive about James Conner, in addition to just how he runs hard every single running attempt that he gets, uh, he's clearly a, a leader on this team and a vocal leader on this team. And we get the opportunity, you know, where we are at in the press box, we're right above the the tunnel that they come out. And you see the offensive players gathering in a huddle when they run out. Uh, and he's the one leading that huddle and, and whatever he's saying and, and, and motivating the team ahead of their performances. You know, he does that. Plus then, of course, just uh, leading by his, his, momentum that he carries onto the field and just how how he puts forth that effort each and every time uh that is certainly an invaluable thing when you're looking at i guess rebuilding this entire entire roster essentially well i think we look at this differently um you know i fully acknowledge that he's a leader on this team uh he's a leader on a team that's won three games uh, and, uh, you know, this roster is going to be enormously different next year than it is right now, as we see every day, seemingly every day, there's roster moves and, you know, guys that were on the street a couple of weeks ago, free agent wise are playing in key roles last week against Pittsburgh, because they're just trying to, you know, basically throw stuff against the wall and see what fits. And maybe these guys will be at least in training camp or the, you know, the off-season program and part of the roster at that point, they're just uh, – and they're, this is what they should be doing because they did the right thing when Monty Austin Ford took over as the general manager. They just basically stripped it down. And this isn't going to be like a you know one-year fix. I mean, this is going to take two or three years to at least be, I think, respectable 
and uh, you know it's going to be result in an enormous roster change. And as, like I said, I want to continue to stress that you know, I think a whole lot of Connor thought a lot of him before he came here. I've been impressed with what he has done here. But by the time the Cardinals are any good again, I think it's highly unlikely that he would be on their roster. Uh, moving on and away from that into the bye week that it is, uh, Jonathan Gannon, head coach there for the Arizona Cardinals, was asked how he approaches this bye week and is it different since it's so late in the season here. Yeah. Uh, his answer was no. We're kind of going through, obviously, with the amount of games left is not as many, which if you have an early bye or a mid-bye, you might look at changing certain things. But honestly, all three coordinators do a really good job. We actually meet on it on Mondays. We kind of self-scout. Uh, uh, and he put that word in parentheses and called it that word. So even he doesn't really like the self-scouting phrase um, every week and not just from the last game, but the whole season. So we know what we need to work on and the improvements we have to make a couple of slight adjustments, which to me being adaptable, you're making those adjustments as you go on and who you're playing really. So we've kind of been doing a good job of that. I think they, meaning the players do need a little bit of a reset and some rest. We've been do we've been going at it for a pretty long time here now. So I think that will afford us to get some guys back and healthy. And once we get back in here will be business as usual he asked, he was then asked about what the plan is uh they were in on monday and they've been off the rest of the week they'll be back in on monday to have a practice lift and meet take their normal tuesday off and then have a normal week in preparation following that yeah i think that's the right approach this has been a really long haul i mean you know the the commanders and the cardinals are the last two teams to have a bye this season uh, as we sit here heading into this week and I don't necessarily think that's an accident. I think the NFL just kind of assumed that the Cardinals and the Commanders were going to be amongst the worst teams in the league, and uh, they certainly did not give them a break as far as the buy. Now, this hasn't always been the case. Remember, the Buccaneers, was it last year or the year before that they had like a week 14 buy, and you know they were with Tom Brady was on their team, and they were one of those years coming off a championship, so it's not always that way. But I do think it's uh, – Got to be a little thought out ahead of time from the schedule maker in the NFL that uh, the teams that have the uh, late season buys uh, are the teams that are probably not going to be contenders. Yeah, and the one other thing of note that I do think is always interesting um, conversation is that, you know, he says that he really does believe in the fact that the players and even coaches uh, need a bit of a mental break that you know, put it down for a bit, don't look at the film, take a couple of days away, and then come back and start to, to re-energize yourself later on in the week and be ready to go next Monday. That's always just a very interesting, different uh, conversation about how people handle their bye weeks and what quote-unquote working is versus not. But I do think that certainly having that little mental reset is imperative to really actually just being fresh and ready to go and seeing things in a whole new light when you come back I totally agree and you know this late buy thing this is a big deal I mean I think it's you know like I said you know they've been I mean you know, they had obviously July off or you know first part of July was from the middle of June when the last mini camp was until training camp started in like the second last week in July but since then there's been no break uh, and uh, you know every other team in the league except for Washington has had a break 
uh, earlier in the uh, during the schedule, and so this is a it's rough. I mean, that's it, it's it's a physical sport, and obviously uh, with the Cardinals and then uh, many other NFL teams this year. Uh, something I talked about yesterday with John McKechnie during our fantasy segment. It sure seems like there's been more injuries this year in the NFL, especially to key players, than we've ever seen before, at least I can recall in the short term, um, which is about the best I can do in a recall these days in the short term. But, I mean, it's uh, been an enormous amount of injuries for a lot of teams, and the Cardinals, you know, some of their better players, have been on IR this year at some point. Yeah, talking about just injuries uh, and then specifically injuries to quarterbacks and injuries to quarterbacks of teams that have legitimate playoff like aspirations or are currently in like playoff contention if the season were to end today. It's been uh, certainly a very bad year for all of that. Well, I'll throw out some stats here. I was going to save these till Friday and I'll use them on Friday also for the poor unfortunate souls that aren't smart enough to be listening right now. But heading into this week, there have been 52 different starting quarterbacks in the NFL this year. And this week, at least the last that I heard yesterday from ESPN, there are projected to have 12 backup quarterbacks starting this week. Wow. Wow. Uh, what do you consider? Do you consider uh, the Jets' Zach Wilson to be a backup quarterback? Because he was like a backup, then he was a starter. Then no, he was I guess backup. I guess it's a I guess it, well, it's got to be eleven now because I don't know who they anticipated that he'd be their starting quarterback yesterday. But so you get the gist. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's an enormous amount, and uh, you know the quarterback play. And quite frankly, I don't think there's that many people that objectively look at this league right now and think that this has been a high quality product this season. One more thing about the Arizona Cardinals that I just wanted to make mention of. Obviously, uh, the NFL does their Walter Payton Man of the Year, and there are 32 nominees every single year. So would like to just highlight the Arizona Cardinals nominee, which is Jonathan Ledbetter. Uh, with his nomination, he will receive $55,000 for the charity of his choice. So congratulations there to Jonathan Ledbetter for what he's been doing in the community uh, as a member of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, they did a really good thing on NFL Network. I, I did not watch Total Access last night. I usually watch that show, but I missed it last night because I was doing a couple other quick things as far as uh, looking ahead to you know things later this week in the in the on the show. And uh, they did a little uh, you know basically of all 32 guys that got you know their their team Man of the Year awards. They did a little uh, you know, video of all of them out in the community or doing whatever they do to get that award. It was very cool. That is very cool. On the other side, uh, Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports has inspired this segment with his power rankings, going through the teams here uh, and dissecting what we know about some of their injury situations and kind of what we see from them uh, so far here through 13 weeks in the NFL. We'll do that on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. SB Nation Radio is now Sports Map Radio, keeping sports content fresh and fun. Join us right here on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to this Wednesday, December 6th edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you. 
As mentioned, inspired by Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports and his power rankings going through these teams, uh, some of the updates injury-wise, as we were talking about plenty of injuries, key yeah, positions as well. Sunday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but getting things started with number one in the power rankings, and I would have to imagine that this is likely the team that is across the all power rankings as number one because it's the San Francisco 49ers. They are nine and three, and Bob, you have pointed this out here uh, a couple of different times this week that Debo Samuel and Trent Williams, when they're healthy, when they're playing, when they're starting, the 49ers are nine and zero. Oh. Uh, so that means they're zero oh and three when they're not playing. In addition to that here, uh, if you take a look at what they have done against teams that if the season were to end right now would be in the playoffs, they've walloped these teams. In week number one, they beat the Steelers 30-7 to in Pittsburgh. Uh, and so as it is right now, the Steelers are 7-5 and in a playoff team. We can have a conversation about their offense if we want, but the defense is pretty darn good, and they were able to put up 30 points on them. Week 5, the 49ers walloped the Cowboys 42-10. to Dak Prescott, for the conversation we're having today about him potentially being in the MVP race, he had 153 passing yards, one touchdown, three interceptions in that game. The rush game for the Cowboys added just 57 yards then you go to week 10 the 49ers on the road and they beat the Jaguars 34 to 3 the Jaguars are a playoff team and before Monday night unfolded they had a legitimate path here to the number one seed in the playoffs in the AFC Week 12 on Thanksgiving, it was a 31 to 13 win over the Seahawks uh, and just how bad the Seahawks offense was in inability to move the ball on this 49ers defense. They started the game with drives of one yard, minus one yard, 10 yards, nine yards, and eight yards to get things going. And then, of course, what we saw last Sunday in week 13 with a 42 to 19 win over the Eagles that included a bit of a slow start. But then after that, six straight touchdown drives. I do want to throw in the caveat, though, the schedule for the Eagles versus the schedule for the 49ers. That would be true. We talked about that before the game, so this isn't some after-the-fact thing. <laughs> so Correct. we both talked about that last week with frequency. So, And I talked about it uh, in the last hour, in fact, with Dave. And that was uh, certainly a play. We have 55 snaps in one game against uh, against Buffalo. And then the next week, uh, you know, the 49ers come to town. And then this week, uh, they go to Dallas. So we'll see. Yeah, one thing I did not mention on Monday, in fact, when we went through, uh, you know, the San Francisco-Philadelphia game, which I had plenty to say about, but one thing I didn't get to is that, you know, the one thing that, that I that impressed me maybe the most is not necessarily when Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle had the ball. It's when they didn't have the ball because on two of the big plays that you know, broke that game open, uh, you know, the big play to Ayuk, which wasn't a touchdown, I don't think, uh, but the one, the D, the one of the ones that Debo, which was, McCaffrey and Kittle made, you know, they outstanding downfield blocking for both of your, you know, two of your star players. And not every guy in the world that's a great wide receiver or running back, don't, they, they, they don't, not everybody do, uh, does those things. And, uh, you know, they were you know, just stood out to me when I was watching it live, and then when I saw highlights again, that just popped off the screen to me. 
The other thing of note in going through these uh, games for the 49ers here, that they cruised to these victories, four of the five of them came on the road. You mentioned Christian McCaffrey and how good of a start he had. Uh, then the uh, touchdown record uh, went away, and then he had to start a new record here. But just what he's been able to do from some numbers from next-gen stats, he sees 8-plus in the box 40% of the time, and he still has 0.91 rush yards over expected per attempt, and he does have 12 rushing touchdowns on the season. So uh, some some good play there continuing from Christian McCaffrey after the start that he had to the year. Yeah, I'll just add that, you know, not just Trent Williams, but, you know, this is a really good run-blocking offensive line. They've occasionally had some pass-blocking issues, but, you know, they're also almost always playing from the lead, including all pretty much all those games you just mentioned where they blew out those teams. And, you know, they led from the start in, I think, every one of those games. You know, I'm not – didn't lead exactly from the start last Sunday because the first two drives against Philadelphia were three and out, but – Obviously, eventually, with the six straight touchdown drives, they got it rolling. But uh, it also does help some that the opponents uh, in these big games have been chasing points against them. The Eagles, they are number two on Frank Schwab's power ratings here uh, at 10-2 and two on the season. And, uh, you know, you appropriately pointed it out with Dave Zangaro of NBC Sports Philly in the Sports Zone just about the schedule and how it doesn't get any easier with the Cowboys coming up next. Jalen Hurts, he is 10 of 11 on third and one plays this year. I think there is an appropriate question, though, for how healthy is he? We did see after the bye week for the Eagles that he seemed to come back healthier after that. But then he did leave uh, last Sunday's contest here and seemed to be uh, banged up a little bit. So I do think there is a legitimate question there about how healthy he is. Yeah, they said that was uh, he was being tested for concussion. Um, I'm not exactly sure when they're down three scores in the fourth quarter why you put him back into the game. That was a big mystery to me at the time and something I did mention on Monday when we went through this game, but not sure what's going on with that. And it seems like he's not necessarily over the knee, the knee issue, but it's not as, uh, as, as obvious as it was earlier in the season. And, you know, they have, a lot of diff- they have a lot of different personnel this year, and Dave went through that. If people missed uh, the Sports Zone podcast, and uh, you can get it, he did a very thorough job with that, and I don't want to leave anybody out. But uh, so I'll just, uh, you know, and that's a good way for people to listen to the podcast if they missed the, the Sports Zone today. There you go. Uh, one other question for you, though. Do you think that the signing of Shaq Leonard helps the Eagles at all? Does, does that do anything there for that linebacking crew? I don't think anybody knows. I'm guessing they don't know. Um, maybe even Shaq Leonard doesn't know. Uh, his level of play was not good uh, this year. Obviously, he's had multiple surgeries since he was a top-flight linebacker. He almost never played in any passing downs uh, for the Colts, and seemingly with good reason. And they just, let's remember, they, they, two weeks ago, they cut him. Uh, and he well, he wasn't playing, uh, nearly done, not doing much of anything for them at that point. They benched him and then cut him. Uh, so if he's going to have a you know, miracle cure here that we have not seen yet this season, quite frankly, or for that matter, uh, you know, last season when he was out with uh, he missed a chunk, a large chunk of time last year. I don't remember exactly how many games, but uh, it seems unlikely that he's going to be the impact player that he once was in Indianapolis. 
Uh, the last team that we'll get to in this segment uh, before we take a break, the Baltimore Ravens sitting at 9-3. and three. Uh, Maybe we kind of forgot a little bit about them because they were on bye this past week. Uh, the Ravens' schedule for them includes games against the Jaguars. Uh, I guess that now has a question mark about Trevor Lawrence's health as well as Christian Kirk's health. The 49ers and the Dolphins remaining on their schedule. And then it also just seemed as though comments from John Harbaugh earlier this week suggest that the team will not be signing tight end Zach Ertz that's true sounds like a few teams aren't going to be signing Zach Ertz and I wonder whether you know people question how healthy he actually is and then when we did see him this year for the Cardinals he didn't look anything like he did pre-knee injury from last year uh, so we'll continue going through these power ratings and some uh, health updates, injury updates, and what we think about these teams on the other side of the break. But if you'd like to interrupt, feel free to do so. The number is 602-260-1060 to chime in. 602-260-1060. Opinions on today's poll questions or anything else NFL-related, feel free. 602-260-1060. It is the Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at kdos1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app hopefully you've downloaded the kdos 1060 app if you haven't there's still time a few days remaining here in this contest for some pretty sweet hoops tickets all you have to do is download the app and make sure you register and then you can enter into that contest more nfl discussion is coming up next Have you downloaded the KTUS 1060 app yet? Download today and get all of your favorite local and national shows right on your phone. Welcome back to Extra Point 1140 right here on KDUS AM 1060. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you continuing the power rankings inspired by Frank Schwab and the subsequent discussion that we're having. Uh, we went through one through three to no surprise. The 49ers, number one, number two, the Eagles, number three, the Ravens. Now, the number four team coming in here is the Dallas Cowboys sitting at nine and three. The news of the day, though, Mike McCarthy is is uh, having um, an appendectomy. So it looks like the three coordinators, uh, from what I'm seeing, are running practices. And it is, at least as of now, McCarthy has said that he expects to be coaching on Sunday. So we'll see what happens with that when the Eagles and the Cowboys clash in Dallas, uh, which is the upcoming game for the Cowboys. And at some point, you know, we can't fault the Cowboys for playing the schedule that's in front of them. Uh, the schedule is the schedule. The teams that they're playing are the teams that they're playing. But it doesn't help, I guess, when I'm trying to figure out just how good are these Cowboys because we talked about it that the 49ers were able to steamroll them very early on in the season here. Now the Cowboys seem to be in a little bit more rhythm here. But how is it reflective of uh, some above 500 teams and it certainly is going to be a test for the Cowboys upcoming with the game against the Eagles then they'll face the Bills the Dolphins and the Lions up next that's correct I was just going to say we're at least we're going to find out in December which is the right time to find out uh, how good this team is and where it stands heading into the postseason so uh, you know the questions that you raised are 100% valid but uh, 
The good news is I think we're going to have some pretty good evidence considering those next four games that you mentioned of how good this team is by the time we get to January. Some next-gen stats for Dak Prescott here. He has 2.69 seconds uh, time to throw in the pocket. Uh, 26 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. He's completing his passes at a rate of uh, 70.1%, which is 5.2% above expected completion percentage. So he's certainly rolling and in quite a, a rhythm as it is right now. And he's definitely throwing the ball down the field more uh, than they were earlier in the season. In fact, he's now had uh, you know, games of over 400 yards passing. They've gone over, over 40 points three times this year. Now, some of those were defensive touchdowns and special teams touchdowns, going back to that Giants fiasco, which quite frankly seems like it was months ago on opening night, <laughs> but uh, the opening Sunday of the season at least. Uh, the, the one thing about Dallas – which I think is uh, I'll be most paying attention to on Sunday is their defense. They've allowed ex some explosive plays the last couple of games, and it's not just uh, Deron Bland. Uh, you know, Parsons has had a couple of plays that he's badly misplayed. It resulted in huge long runs for the opposition. Um, you know, so we need to see. I need to see a little more consistency out of him. I understand he has splash plays every game, and we see highlights of that all the time. But, you know, I've said this for two years running, maybe three years running. Uh, I'd like to see more consistency and domination from him from game to game as opposed to spurts during a game and plays during a game. I need to see more on a regular basis, and that's why I think it's been kind of a joke that he's uh, every year seemingly considered to be the front runner to be the defensive player of the year. And by the end of the year, at least a couple of times, he has not been the defensive player of the year because other players have been more consistent. Uh, as promised, phone calls in this segment, 602-260-1060. Let's at least get through the top five in the power rankings, and then we'll get to that phone call here momentarily. Number five on the power rankings list from Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports is the Dolphins sitting at nine and three. I think it's fair to say that there are some similar questions here with the Dolphins uh, because when you look at their schedule as well, they have wins against below 500 teams, and then they have losses against above 500 teams teams uh but the one thing that is incredibly clear about this Dolphins team at least on the offensive side of the ball is that it's speed speed and more speed you have DK Metcalf who finally overthrew a Miami Dolphins player he overtook Tyreek Hill for the fastest play this season Metcalf's 73 yard touchdown reached 22.73 miles per hour but then you have Tyreek sitting at second 64 yard touchdown at 22.01 miles per hour Von Achan comes in at number three, number four. Tyreek then fills it up at five and six, and Raheem Mostert at number seven. So, like I said, speed everywhere. But the questions are as well: Are we? How are we feeling about some of the injuries that are really starting to pile up on both sides of the ball? And how are we feeling about the defense? Uh, I have questions about their offense against good teams. Uh, their numbers haven't been nearly as good, and if they haven't beat a team above 500 since September of 2022. Uh, until that changes, I'm going to be highly suspect on this team in general. And when they play a good team, uh, luckily I've been it's been profitable because I've kind of cleaned up in a couple of games against their better opponents. You mentioned the injury, the latest one. Uh, is uh, at least the, the one that I, uh, stands out to me is Teron Armstead once again at left tackle. And, you know, he missed practice time last week. 
with uh, with you know knee and ankle injuries, and then he you know actually left the game on Sunday with a different injury. Uh, and uh, yeah, I didn't check yesterday's practice report, but the fact that he's missed a large percentage of games for two or three years in running now, whether it was in New Orleans and Miami, that's got to be a big deal to them. And you know, they've had some other offensive line injuries, so. So just a couple of things to monitor as far as the Dolphins go. 602-260-1060. Let's pop on out to the KDOS hotline for phone call time. Rob and Mesa, what's on your mind today, Rob? Well, unfortunately, I'm going to the bottom five of these power rankings probably. Um, Bob had thrown out a question about Caleb Williams and the number one pick. And I think it's pretty safe to say that the Bears will obtain that pick from Carolina. Um, unless they can get a haul from two or three for that pick. I'm drafting the kid. Um, I know he said something earlier about Eric Bieniemy possibly being a candidate for the head coaching job, which I like, because if you're going to get a quarterback, you need an offensive guy. And if he has proven himself, and uh, I'm not going to say the Bears organization really knows what they're doing, upper uh, front office people, but if he's the coach, then yes. If they can get a haul and stay at two or three, then no. Um, I'd stick with what you got. Still get a coach and go with the wide receiver out of Ohio State. But it's all depending on what two or three will give you for that number one pick for me. Yeah, I can understand that theory. I don't believe in Justin Fields as an NFL quarterback. I just don't think he can stay healthy. Uh, His accuracy is still not great. You know he's had some you know better games here uh, since he came back from the latest injury, but if you include his years at Ohio State and his years with the Bears, he's yet to be healthy for an entire season. Uh, the Eric Bieniemy thing, I'm a little curious about this. He had a sideline confrontation. It got a little nasty verbally with Sam Howell last week uh, in the Washington loss to Miami, and uh, yeah, he's had some issues before. Uh, off the field and on the field with some of his players, not off the field with other players, but off the field he had some you know issues back in his younger days. Um, I'm not sure, I'm not completely convinced that he's the guy uh, to be a leader as a head coach. And he's been passed by many times for head coaching positions. And I'm wondering Correct. if these things all factor in. I, I, I'm, I'm sure they do. And with, with him being said, if they do do that, they got to go out and let's, it's safe to say Robert Saul is probably going to be looking for a job. Get him to run the defense or someone similar that can just get in there and just have him do the offense and head coaching things. But he's got to get a good staff around him. And with his connections, hopefully he can do that. But I agree, Bob. I don't know that he's the answer just because he has been passed over the last four seasons that, you know, his name's come up when pretty much the Chiefs were, safe to say, not unbeatable, but they were the cream of the crop, and it was him and Andy Reid calling them plays. So I, it, it's hard, it's hard, it's a hard, hard question, but I enjoy talking about it. Well, I'll take okay, it one well, step, I guess, l- l- further. Let me, add one other quick, let me add one other quick thing here. Andy, I don't believe, the, did the enemy ever call plays in Kansas City? I mean, ever. I mean, Gase was, Gase was calling plays before he got the Bears job. And then Reed was, you know, actually took that away from him. And then I don't think the enemy, unless it was a, just a game or two here and there, ever regularly called plays in Kansas City. 
I'll take it one step further, though, in terms of kind of an evaluation process. I mean, if you think about what the situation is with the commanders and they moved on from Jack Del Rio at defense, it's looking increasingly likely that Ron Rivera is not going to be around with the new ownership group in place. So wouldn't that be the perfect opportunity to evaluate the enemy by moving on from Rivera and putting an interim tag in there, but they didn't do that. So I'm just kind of curious as to, you know, why not? Maybe because he apparently, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'd say it's true. Maybe they've seen something there where they just, don't think he's head coaching material I, you know it's a, it's tough well also if you're getting into a verbal altercation during a game when everybody can see it with your franchise quarterback i don't think that's a good thing as always rob we appreciate the call and phone calls from all of you 602-260-1060 the next opportunity for that will be around 12 15 today we'll continue with some nfl conversation on the other side of the break it is the extra point right here on kdos am 1060 as always online at kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app Show Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. My name is Miranda Beckner, and I'm a Pima medical student. Wrapping up hour number one of Extra Point on this Wednesday, December 6th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today. As we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We can look back into some of the power rankings uh, from Frank Schraub of Yahoo Sports. If we have some time in hour number two. But Robin Mesa's phone call kind of inspired me to go in this particular direction here. Talking about quarterbacks and decisions upcoming. His is in reference to the Bears. But I think you could have kind of a very similar conversation if you're evaluating things for the Arizona Cardinals here. Uh, You know, they have three wins. So, you know, uh, currently going to have a top five pick, you think. Uh, The Texans pick is now looking like it's going to potentially be in the late teens or 20s, depending upon how the Texans continue to roll uh so when you're evaluating though the cardinals and you're saying that there's a lot of different positions that they need to put their attention to you can do some of that in free agency they're going to have some some money to spend you can do that through the draft as well the question everyone kind of assumed right heading into the season was, oh, they're going to be moving on from from Kyler and it's going to be Caleb Williams. Well, now there's different narratives about Caleb. We've seen four games with Kyler returning. And when you look at, though, Kyler in the NFL as it is right now, I mean, guys like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, J- Jalen Hurts, they're all locked into their teams Kyler's not in that particular category, but when you then look at some of the other quarterbacks that are suiting it up starting for NFL teams, he's better 
and you can win with Kyler. So do you now start having that narrative that if a Marvin uh, Marvin uh, Harrison Jr. is available for you, go get yourself that redefining wide receiver position player. Go get yourself some other positions of need and build around Kyler who can be uh, a winning quarterback. I'm maybe never going to be convinced that Kyler Murray is a winning quarterback in the NFL. I've said it was four years now. I haven't seen anything that makes me believe that. Uh, he wins a few games here and there, but consistently, uh, rarely from you know month to month, let alone you know from game to game or even series to series, have I really thought there's your winning quarterback. Um, so I would you know the problem is is his contract. I don't know how many teams are going to take that. And I thought at the start of the year, maybe if uh, you know, he showed something, he's, he's played four games so far. He was unbelievably good that first game and heroic against Atlanta. He was not good at all in the second game. And uh, to me, it was the, one of the biggest reasons they lost the game at Houston. Was awful in the third game at home. And then he was very good. And I thought the 99-yard touchdown drive against Pittsburgh last Sunday is his best moment, uh, best drive ever in the NFL. Yeah, that was a very impressive drive and just, uh, you know, also factoring in the elements too. So uh, very well done there. Uh, I guess the other question here is, do you believe, just you out there in general, do you believe that any of the other quarterbacks that are in this upcoming draft are they better than Kyler? So are you just Caleb, Caleb Williams? Sure as hell is, no question. So there you go. Do you believe that? And do you believe that some of the do you believe that some of the off-field things that have currently been happening one are real, two is it detrimental? Is it worth going in that direction? Or, or building in other areas. Okay, we can answer that in the second hour, right? Yes, we will, well, because we do not have enough of, time right of, now. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll do that in hour number two. Uh, it is the Extra Point here on KDUS AM 1060.